most marketers will not have access to the entire universe of potential buyers. And they may not even know who those buyers are. And so this is where a, a predictive vendor can uh, really help. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. You guys all enjoying the uh, the conference so far? Learning about ABM, flipping funnels? Okay, well, hopefully uh, my session will be worth your time. I'm going to be talking about how Predictive empowers your ABM strategy. And uh, since we're at a Flip My Funnel event, we're going to talk about it in the context of a flip funnel. So as Jenna mentioned, I run Demand Gen at Mintigo. And uh, that means that I not only market our predictive solution, but I also use our own product in our own ABM strategy. So we eat our own dog food, drink our own champagne, whatever you want to call it. It also means that I oftentimes get to interact with uh, many of our customers who are some of the most um, savvy and forward-thinking marketers that I've ever met. And you know, one of them being Gary over there from Smart Bear. Some really smart people. In our session today, we're going to be talking about uh, some examples from some of our customers, as well as my own experience with uh, using predictive and ABM. All right. So ABM and predictive, it's been really buzzy. I mean, those are very buzzy keywords, right? So if you want to look at Google Trends, like I like to do every once in a while, here's the uh, popularity of these two terms over time. But come on, what does Google know about marketing? What does Google know about data, right? So I decided to turn to a more authoritative source on uh, what's hot in B2B marketing today. And I was able to find a highly scientific study on B2B marketing. And here it is. It's a Twitter poll taken by Sangram. Uh, you guys know Sangram. And this, he took this uh, Twitter poll at the recent Serious Decisions Summit a couple months ago. You can see the results here. I'm not going to rehash it. But, you know, I think who knows more about B2B marketing and sales than our friends at Serious Decisions and who knows uh, more about ABM than the guy who wrote the book on account-based marketing. If you haven't gotten a chance to get a copy of it, I think they're giving away copies at their booth. It's a, you know, it's a good framework to look at. All right. So in all seriousness, I think Predictive provides a lot of value to an ABM strategy. And today I'm going to talk about the different ways that Predictive can help you with your ABM. But first, let's give you a background on how predictive modeling works. Okay, so this is not specific to Mintigo. This is just in general the the concept of predictive marketing. So, what you do is you you start with two sets of data. In machine lear learning terminology, we call one set the positives list, uh, which is generally used um, for identifying your most ideal buyers or likely buyers. Most people pull their list of customers uh, for the positives list. Uh, and then what we call your negatives or your unknowns, and these are generally your prospects, okay? Um, what you do is when you run a predictive model on these two uh, data sets, the model is looking for common data points, common characteristics within your data sets that your positives list share. So what's unique about your positives list? Now, oftentimes, because if you are only running predictive model on 
the data that you have in your own systems, whether it's in marketing automation or CRM, you don't have a ton of data available. So for companies like Mintigo and some of the other predictive vendors, and perhaps you may be working with a third-party data source, you can get a lot of good signals from the web about these companies, um, such as what kind of technologies a company uses, um, what's their hiring or uh, your hiring trends or organizational structure, what does it look like? If they're a public company, what kind of financial data can be used for modeling purposes? And even intent data, which I'll get into a little bit more later on. Now, by putting all of these data points about these companies into predictive models, that gives you a much richer picture of what we call your ideal customer profile, your ICP, right? There's a lot of talk about ICP uh, in the different sessions today. But the predictive model will help you identify those characteristics of your ideal customer profile. And so that's the output from a predictive model. All right, so just keep in mind um, this process in terms of how it works um, because we're going to refer back to it later. Okay, so there are different ways that predictive empowers your ABM approach, your ABM strategy. Now, the first one is probably the most obvious one, which is at the top of the flip funnel, predictive can help you identify accounts that will most likely need to buy via your ideal customer profile. Okay. So I think that's important because in reality, many of us, and even myself included at my uh, previous companies that I've been a part of, this is probably how a lot of people are identifying their target accounts, right? They go to their sales reps and they say, who are some of the target accounts that you want to go after? They come back with a list of Fortune 500 companies and say, let's go after all the top retail companies on this list. Or if it's a new sales rep, and they've been in enterprise sales for a while. Maybe they have their own Rolodex of contacts and companies that they sold to in the past, and they'll say, let's focus on these because I have a uh, you know, relationship with these companies. Well, that's all well and good, but how data-driven is this decision-making process? It's probably not very data-driven. And if you are following this approach, there's a high likelihood that you may be targeting companies or identifying target accounts that may never buy from you because they're not a good fit. And so I think this is really where predictive provides the initial value of um, powering your ABM. Here's an example from one of our customers, okay? Fortunately, I can't share who this is. We're trying to work out an approved case study with them. But um, what I'll say is this company that we're working with is one of the largest marketing software companies out there in the world. Uh, and they sell a suite of marketing products, marketing software products. And every year, they spend about $50 million marketing to a target group of companies that match this criteria. Revenue over a billion dollars annually. They look at the number of employees. So there's a certain you know, company size that they look at. Where are they located? You know, what industry they're focused on? And your basic you know, contact information and activity level data. And again, they spend $50 million a year marketing to this group. I wish I had a $50 million annual budget to work with. When we ran a predictive model, and what we found for them was, well, about half of that market look like buyers who may purchase one of their solutions because they exhibit characteristics that match that profile, which you can see on the left. Things like you know, industry uh, being software manufacturing companies, but more importantly, they've purchased other marketing tools before, such as Marin Software and Cytin. They invest in customer experience tools like 4C and Opinion Lab. 
they spend a certain amount of marketing budget on PPC advertising. And you get the point, right? We also found that half of that market that they initially identified look nothing like their ideal customer profile. They don't invest in marketing technology. They don't invest in advertising or PPC spend. They don't invest in their website. And so what we came back to them uh, was that, hey, if you're spending $50 million a year marketing to this broad group, you're wasting $25 million uh, of your marketing budget every year to companies that will never buy from you because they don't look like your ideal buyers. Now, instead, what we found for them was, you know, there's another subset of customers or potential customers, another market that looks more like your ideal customer profile that you weren't previously focused on, you know, a little bit lower in terms of the market size. But these companies look very similar to that ideal customer profile because they share many of the same characteristics. And so from just one takeaway, they were able to identify a better market to direct their marketing spend towards. And in this case, you know, reinvesting $25 million a year, marketing to this mid-market set of uh, potential customers. Now, it's the difference between looking at your ideal customer profile, your ICP in low res, which is the screen on the right. If you guys are you know, old uh, Apple IIe fans, that's a screenshot from Oregon Trail, uh, which I grew up playing, <laughs> versus you know, high, uh, high definition, looking at your ideal customer profile through that kind of lens, right? So that's the most obvious example or obvious value or predictive for ABM. Now, what's not as obvious and what many people sort of gloss over is the data behind the predictive model. And understanding the data behind a predictive model can give you tremendous insight for things like messaging and personalizing your value proposition. It's the difference between what we call just predictive lead scoring or predictive account scoring, which if you're only looking at it from a score perspective, it's just a number. It's a black box number. But if you can see what's under the hood of that predictive model, you could gain a lot of really interesting insight to drive your campaigns. All right, who's the Star Wars fans in here? Have you guys all seen Star Wars, at least? Okay. <laughs> all right, so this is a scene from Star Wars. Um, and depending on how hardcore of a fan you are, this is from episode one. Um, and you may not consider that to be a true part of the true Star Wars saga. But um, here's a scene where Anakin, I'm not going to give you any way, spoiler alerts, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, um, Anakin Skywalker is uh, talking to his mentor. And you know, this is what he's talking about in terms of the Force. Now, being a marketer, I, I think he's really talking about ABM and data. Because if you read between the lines, what he's saying is this. Without the right data, ABM cannot exist, and we would have no knowledge of our customers. They continually speak to us, telling us how to engage. When you learn to embrace predictive, you'll hear data speaking to you. And I think that's really true, and I think that's what he's really talking about in this scene. So here's an example of this. Newstar, uh, one of our customers and someone who we could talk about, um, we have a case study with them on our website. They have, so Newstar is uh, an IT software solutions type of company, and they have a variety of different products um, that they offer. Two of those products are Newstar SiteProtect um, as well as Newstar Ultra DNS. Now, one of the initial models that we, we ran with them found a very interesting insight, which is 
the model has identified that companies that were hosted with Amazon Web Services, AWS, were five times more likely to buy one or both of those products. Now, you know, we were trying to understand why, and we're not in, this, in that particular market, so we didn't really understand the correlation. But when we talked to their team, and again, when we first discussed this with their CMO, um, she called this the non-intuitive insight. And they didn't really understand it at first, but when they dug more deeply into it, when they talked to, to their technical people, it made much more sense because if you buy uh, Amazon Web Services, uh, their hosting services off the shelf, it doesn't come with denial of uh, distributed denial of service attacks, DDoS attacks. Okay, it doesn't protect it against that. And that's exactly what these two products uh, offer. Uh, and so, with this one insight, they then created a series of content and relevant messages to personalize their value prop to companies that are hosted with Amazon Web Services. And they actually ran, you know, an entire campaign against this group. Now, the plus side of this is because with that knowledge of that data, uh, and depending on um, you know, what tool you work with, they're able to identify all the prospects and all the accounts within their funnel or their house list or their marketing, marketing automation, all the companies that are hosted with Amazon Web Services who currently aren't a customer of one of those two products. So they were able to identify the right accounts and offer the right messages, uh, in this case, with tremendous results. So the third point is expanding uh, in terms of finding net new contacts and accounts. The main takeaway for this is, you know, as you build your marketing campaigns and programs over time, you're going to grow your, your list. That's just the nature of it, right? But most marketers will not have access to the entire universe of potential buyers. And they may not even know who those buyers are. And so this is where a, a predictive vendor can uh, really help. Because when you put your records into a predictive model, the company that may be offering ways for you to create predictive models and they may be bringing in data, as I mentioned before, from the web, such as what kind of technology, hiring trends, and things of that nature, they're probably also tracking companies and, and company-level data and contact-level data across the web. I mean, Mintigo does that uh, as well. Uh, and so with that, when you're creating a model, you can identify companies that aren't within your data records, within your funnel, within your CRM or marketing automation. You can identify companies outside of your domain that match that ideal customer profile and be able to identify potential customers or prospects, additional target accounts um, that you currently don't know about, right? And so by combining this, uh, what we call net new target accounts or net new contacts under these target accounts with your own, you're able to basically figure out what your total addressable market is, you know, your TAM, right? So that's another value add for predictive. All right, so I'm in demand gen, um, and which you know, for us, we, you know, we, we build our marketing strategy in ABM, but I also get, get to implement a lot of this. So I, I think this part is really fun, in my opinion, which is predictive also helps enables more intelligent engagement. All right, so we saw this infographic earlier, right? This is uh, the Flip My Funnel ABM tech stack. You can see Mintigo over there somewhere. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of technology. In reality, we probably only have a handful, maybe 10 10 pieces of technology. I just did an exercise where I mapped out our marketing tech stack, and I think we have you know, 10, 15. We never want to get into the habit of just 
buying the shiny new object, right? There's a lot of talk about, you know, new technology coming out. <clears throat> it's never a good idea just to buy technology for the sake of buying technology. As Sangram and, and Joe Raleigh said earlier, a tool with a fool is still a, a fool, right? Uh, a fool with a tool. Did I say it the right way? But regardless of how many technology tools you have, I think what really matters is the ability for you to bring those tools in together uh, to effectively run your ABM campaign. And so going back to my Star Wars example, I think what brings together your marketing tools to enable you for, uh, to do an ABM strategy well is data. And I kind of think of data as a force, right? For my ally is data, and powerful ally it is, it surrounds us and binds our MarTech stack. Okay, I think that's what Yoda is talking about when he's talking about the force. He's talking about data. Because data, like all things, or like the force, connects all things. And here's an example of what I mean by that. So this is an example of our own program. One component of our ABM program, which is using Terminus. Okay? So if you guys are a customer of Terminus, you may be familiar with the fact that you can run targeted display ads towards accounts based off of audience criteria from your Salesforce, right? So what I can do is I can create a campaign, a display ad campaign, based off of fields and filters from a Salesforce record. And if you can see on the screen on the left where, uh, where the Salesforce uh, screenshot is, you'll see at the bottom um, the data points that Predictive provided within my CRM system. Now, because of the fact that I get this data and this insight, I could use that to define my target audience for my display ad campaign. Now, why is that important? So in this example, we're looking at a company, well, in this example, it's computer sciences, CSC. I know that, one, they use Eloqua, they use Salesforce, and they have exhibited intent around predictive analytics technology. So let me um, briefly explain what we mean by intent. Um, and so this is also sort of a sidebar. A minute ago, our co-founders were former Israeli intelligence and you know, you can look at it as the same or the equivalent of the NSA for Israel, right? And so when the co-founders, they were in the service for, for many, many years, they spearheaded an initiative to develop technology to look for potential terrorist threats against uh, the nation of Israel, which if you may know of Israel uh, and their history, that's a pretty big deal, right? And so what they've done was, Instead of looking for signals of potential terrorist threats, they turned that technology around for businesses to look for buying signals for companies. Instead of looking for bad guys, let's look for the good guys. Okay? But what's important to note is there's a lot of noise out on the web today. And this is where intent, understanding intent really comes into play. Intent in its rawest form is simply data collected about a company based off of their interest in a certain topic as they browse the web, okay? Web visitation data. So let's say, you know, myself and, you know, my, my CMO over there, John, let's say we read a lot on SEO on the web. We may find that the intent for SEO at Mintigo may be high, but that's not necessarily a true indicator of intent to purchase, right? Much like the example of um, our 
co-founders in the Israeli Defense Force, if they're looking at, let's say, a particular data point of, you know, how many people are buying one-way tickets, one-way plane tickets to Israel, well, that could be a potential signal for a threat, but it also could be just simply people flying to Israel, right? There's a lot of noise out there. You certainly don't want to target, if you're on an Israeli defense force, someone who simply wants to pass through Israel and they bought a one-way ticket. They're not a terrorist, right? So there's signal-to-noise intelligence technologies that they developed, which helped you identify which is true intent to purchase versus tire kicking. Now, in this case, because I understand that CSC, Computer Sciences, has demonstrated intent to uh, to purchase predictive analytics technology. And the fact that I get this data into my CRM, I could then do very targeted advertising to this account with relevant messaging, right? So you can see the terminal screens here. Uh, in this example, um, some of our display ads is essentially offering a predictive lead scoring white paper that we co-developed and co-branded with Oracle, right? You can see the landing page here. Now, the idea behind this is while computer sciences, people at, at that company, while they're out on the web researching predictive analytics technology, as demonstrated by that intent data signal, they're now able to see my display ads. They're able to see Mintigo branding on a very relevant topic of predictive lease scoring because we know that's what they're researching on. And the added bonus is because we know that they use Eloqua and the fact that uh, this display ad and white paper is co-branded with Oracle, which owns Eloqua, you know, there's that additional benefit of relevancy there. Okay, so the last part is reducing churn and finding cross-sell opportunities uh, in terms of the bottom of the flip funnel. Now, for many companies here, when we sell to the enterprise, we're taking a land and expand approach, right? We get into a company and the idea is to sell more to that company. Well, if we want to do just the basic blocking and tackling, we want to make sure that this company doesn't churn, right? So what's buried under the bottom part of the funnel should, in my opinion, address that. And if you look at this uh, process for creating predictive models, if you recall, the positives list is what you are trying to model for. What's the desired outcome? What are the insights of that desired outcome? Instead of uh, using customers as the positives list for that model, why not use a list of churned customers? So what that does is, as an example, you can look for indicators or signals that a company is about to churn, all right? um, including intent. So you know, one of our customers is Oracle. And uh, you know, we, we mentioned this to them, what they can do I'll have to check back with them to see if they're actually actioning on this. But what we proposed to them was, all right, if an Eloqua account is coming up for renewal soon, why not look for potential indicators that they may churn, um, including intent? So if a company, if one of their customers has been actively researching Marketo as an intent signal, that can raise a red flag to the account of that Eloqua uh, customer. And so with predicting modeling, you can not only model for ideal buyers, but you can model for potentially churning customers. Okay, so I tried to make this presentation not salesy at all. Didn't want to include any screenshots of our own product uh, with the exception of you know, Salesforce in terms of what we use in Terminus. But there's no other way for me to show this here and, and identify this uh, particular uh, uh, takeaway uh, without showing part of our product. 
What this is, is a screen from what we call Predictive Sales Coach. Now, the idea for predictive is, in terms of landing and expanding, is, well, you can identify potential customers, but if you can identify buyers of one product versus multiple products, why not, right? If your goal is to sell to an account and sell more to account, um, predictive can certainly help with that. And so one of the things that you can do, and again, not necessarily just meant to go, but in, in our example, this is what the platform enables you to do. You can create multiple products, uh, multiple models for each of your product lines, and you'll be able to see immediately which product line each one of your accounts or each one of your leads or contacts will most likely to buy. Right? And there's um, even uh, recommendations for product bundles. As an added bonus, we all know that ABM is a sales and marketing joint uh, initiative. And there's a lot of talk about how ABM can enable that greater marketing and sales alignment. Well, I think if you are truly serious about predictive, you don't want to just pass leads or contacts or identify target accounts without telling your sales counterparts why, right? Don't just throw them a score. Give them context. Enable your sales team. And so part of how that takes place is giving them visibility on what those scores mean and the deeper level insights of those data points for each of those accounts. Because if you know that computer sciences uses Eloqua, uses Salesforce, has intent for predictive lead scoring technology, that gives a lot of great insight for a salesperson to go and follow up on that particular account. So this is the, the summary, five takeaways of how predictive empowers your ABM. We went through each of these. Identifying accounts most likely to buy, that's a no-brainer. But uh, if you're not taking a data-driven approach, uh, we highlighted the negative impact of just simply picking target accounts without a data-driven approach can have, right? Uh, predictive can also personalize your value prop. A lot of us are potentially using things like web personalization tools. Having predictive with insights can drive effectiveness and relevancy uh, through those tools. Finding net new contacts and accounts, uh, enabling more intelligent engagement, and lastly, reducing churn and cross-sell, finding cross-sell opportunities. That's it. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.